Welcome to the Tour Junkies Golf Podcast presented by MyBookie.ag. This is the 2019 Sony Open. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies podcast for the Sony Open, the last event in Hawaii. It's lovely to get primetime golf. We sure do enjoy it. This podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. That is where we go to bet. That's where you should go to bet because who you're betting with is just as important as who you're betting on. We trust the folks at MyBookie.ag. We've been working with them for over two years now. If you use promo code TOURJUNKIES when you sign up, they will give you a 50% deposit bonus. And if you have any problems, you can come to us and we can help you get it worked out. They're great people over there at MyBookie. We love working with those fellows, and we really appreciate what they do for us, including throwing up a few prop bets here and there that are specially for the Tour Junkies audience, so you want to get in on that. This is a good episode. We're going to recap Xander's victory. We're going to talk a little bit about the new rule changes that we saw and how funny that was. We're going to talk a little bit more betting stuff, give you a little more insight into some content going up on the Tour Junkies website this week. It's going to be great. Also, we announce the launch of our new YouTube channel. Follow us, subscribe to us on YouTube, Tour Junkies channel. We're going to start putting out some good content there. We're going to hit that. We're going to tell you who we like for the Sony. A lot of disagreement, a lot of different players here for the Sony. We're going to make some bold fade calls, give you our GPP calls, give you a few cash locks, and then a great chunk and run where we talk golfers, cereal, and roommates. Enjoy the show. Aloha, golf addicts. It is the 2019 Sony Open podcast. DB here. I got Pat Perry. We have another fantastic show lined up for you boys and girls tonight. We're going to break down the century, uh, recap the century. We're going to talk through what we think you're going to need to do to win at the Sony. And we're going to give you some more betting stuff that we want to talk about. We got a great chunk and run segment again for the evening but first, I need to check in on my on my co-host, Pat. How are you, sir? How are you doing, buddy? I am doing really well. You know, here's the thing. Last week, we did the show, and we had to do it uh, in the middle of the day. So we had, I think we had a beer uh, during the show. But now I'm feeling right. I'm feeling right. I'm back to normal. And you know what? I am following your recommendation, your resolution for me for 2019 and I'm having a little Tito's and soda right now. Oh, I'm, I'm not having rosé, and I'm going to get the, the year started off right. So good. This, this is going to be a good show. I've already I'm already actually one deep. So um, stay good. tuned all the way through the end because you never know what could happen when we get to Planet Tito's. Oh, I hope we get there. I really hope we get there. You know, I'm going to violate rule uh, one of the one of the New Year's viola- vi- violations resolutions that you gave me to be more humble and go ahead and talk about how I talked up Xander on the podcast mm-hmm. last week, and then I put some money on him on my bookie at twenty two to one and cashed that check, homie. What a Sunday! What, what that was a good tournament. That was a really good tournament for for a thirty man field event. It was a pretty good tournament at the at the Century Tournament of Champions, and and the back nine. On Sunday was quite exhilarating, exanderating. <laughs> Did you just make up a word there? That's that was nice. I, that was a good effort there. I was trying to throw it in there. I was pulling for Xander pretty hard. I, I, I had zero exposure to Woodland anywhere on DraftKings or my bookie. 
Um, I had plenty of exposure to Rory uh, on DraftKings. A little, I didn't have enough Xander. I needed more Xander on DraftKings, but I had him on my bookie. Um, so it was a small bet, but, you know, a little outright winner to go ahead and start the year off. It's always a good sign, buddy. Leishman was up there. I know you had you talked him up. I, I had a good bit of him, too. It was a good tournament. It was a fun tournament to watch. I always love watching that tournament. Yeah, it is. I mean, and like we talked about, it's nice getting a little primetime golf. Oh, so. yeah, I love that. I feel like Xander, and I think I've said this a number of times, man. I, I've always been a pretty big Xander fan. I, I feel like people still, maybe they will now, and he's number six in the world golf ranking, but I feel like people have overlooked Xander a lot. Xander is a stone-cold killer. He's a killer on the golf course. He is not a – I mean, he's already won four times. Same as Ricky. You know, like he, he's already won four times. And he's won big events. He's competed really well in majors. I think Xander is, is a just amazingly talented young player. And he doesn't have a big personality, and he's not – talking about, you know, coefficient of restitution, and he's not, you know, the big swinging dick on the PGA Tour. But he is he is a guy that between golf shots and between the ropes, he is a dangerous man when he's when he's on. That three-wood into 18 oh, uh, to nine feet from 278 was absurd he- sexual. He it was yeah that was a beautiful shot to watch. I mean I, it, it's and he you're right though. I mean like we should get, I wish we could get him on the show and do put him in the native area because you know what he may have a better personality than people think. We just it just never comes out. I mean he's just I bet so, he does. I'm sure he does. I mean he's he, yeah he's just not like I don't know. He, but you know what you mentioned during the show last week that you know this is a course where yes bombers can have an advantage. And you see that with, you know, Rory contending he was up there and, and whatever else. But, you know, he doesn't really fit that bomber uh, category. Yes, and you does. were right. Yes, he does. Xander's a bomber, dude. You think Xander he's a bomber? Yes. He is so much longer than you think he is. I guess you're right, yeah. Dude, I mean, he hit a three. I mean, I know the elevation and all that. But, the, I mean, that three wood off the deck, 280. <laughs> Xander can get it out there. Yeah. What about the rules? What about the new rules? You know, I can't even believe we, we didn't even talk about that. We, we missed that on the show. There's a lot week. of other stuff going on. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, it was interesting. The The stupidest thing is the drop deal to me. Like, the, everybody, they look like they're doing the old southern curtsy kind of deal with the women do when they're, you I, know. I was going to say, look, they're taking, a, taking a, a shit in the woods. I don't know. It's just weird. Like Bryson looked so re- ridiculous trying to isn't there an easier way to lean down to your knees though like other than like doing what bryson was doing and like just put the ball down there on your knee and and drop it you don't have to like i I don't know they were acting like they were contorting their bodies and they they couldn't figure out how to get the ball just to knee level Um, it was funny i mean i I think i think by the end of the year we're we're almost going to forget we even had this conversation it's just going to be It'll 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 rub off, you know. The the nudeness will rub off. I mean, I, I know you and I both played golf yesterday, and you know, I mean, you couldn't help but like say something about it to your buddy, or you're putting with the flag stick in. Did you put with the flag stick in when you played golf the other day? Yesterday? Well, it was just me and my son who 
who's kind of learning the game, and so he's not really, you know, we're, we're, we were playing quick. So, yeah, I left, I don't even think I took the flag stick out the entire time, except for I did have a couple birdie putts within, like, 15 feet. Yeah, that's right, two on nine holes. Okay. And okay. Uh, I did take the... I did take the pin out for those. I didn't make either one of those, but I like the pin in though. From a personal standpoint, <clears throat> I think it's kind of cool. Like I think, it, I feel like I can be a little more aggressive with it. So, I don't know. I I I, I don't mind the rule, but it's going to be weird when we get to like Augusta National. And well, I saw somebody tweet, and I think this would be interesting. I mean, because the national doesn't have to go by those rules like they they could set up a local rule and say you have to pull the flag out they could but it's i mean is that going to be a huge difference when they do because that's what players have been doing for years other than just controversy because they're going against yeah yeah that's why that's where i think it would be a good deal I, i would love to see that happen i think that'd be highly entertaining i mean i don't know i think uh yeah, I, I don't know. It was interesting. Like after day one, Bryson led the field in strokes game putting, which he ended up leading the whole leading the tournament in strokes game putting. Uh, but after day one on Thursday, I know Brandel Chambly went on the Golf Channel or Twitter or something and said that it's a clear advantage, and all these players by by the end of the year, more than more players will be leaving it in than not, which I thought was a pretty hot take. Like I, I mean, based on some of the based on some of the press conferences and the feedback from some of these guys, I. I think a lot of them are embarrassed to leave it in. <laughs> I think they Bryson's are. Bryson's not. Yeah, but. Dustin seemed to be like embarrassed too. Justin Thomas, same thing. What do you? What's the over under you think this year on somebody leaving it in and it clanking off of the pin and and not going in the hole? And I'm not talking about a forty footer. I'm talking about a legit like fifteen like sh- to twenty footer. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna happen for sure, and people are gonna. But you know, I mean. You have lip outs all the time from that point. You know what I mean? I don't know. I did think this was interesting, too. Our buddy Josh Gregory, who has been on the podcast before, and he's a coach to a lot of golfers on tour, including Patrick Reed. Um, he tweeted that when his guys – and Josh is kind of known as a – he's a really good short game coach. Um, he, he tweeted that when, he, when his guys struggle putting in practice, he makes them, he makes them leave the flag in as a visual, like a, a, just a, a visual in the, I don't know if it's like the corner of your eye or something like that, just being able to see that flag coming up out the hole, it visually helps his guys perform better. I thought that was interesting. Hmm. So there you go. But golf is back, and it's a good time. It's a good, good tournament. I really enjoyed that tournament. I thought it was good stuff. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize you'd be so excited about that tournament. I I, I I didn't think I was going to be going into it, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, <clears throat> you had a lot of um, shot tracer technology. They were doing it from the fairways. That was fun. Um, Did you like the large type, uh, this is for birdie, really whatever? I, I saw a lot of people on, on Twitter complaining about it. I don't really care. It didn't really, to me, it didn't really affect anything. It didn't, I, just, it didn't I, really. I thought it looked funny. But anyway, it's not a big deal. I don't think the font looked all that special. Like, if I were going to do that. Was that was it. The font, to me, was weird. The font looked like it came out of, like, 04 Microsoft Paint. And, like, you could you could type that in on the on your project or something. I, I don't know. It didn't look that special. But I don't really care about that. Like, it didn't, it didn't affect my viewing experience. But all these people on Twitter are just losing their mind. It didn't really bother me. But, anyway. 
I mean, I'm not um, losing my mind about it, but it was just an additional viewing thing. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. I didn't say you were. I said other people on Twitter. Um, all right, let's, let's talk about this real quick. We're going to get right to the course breakdown here pretty soon. But we do need to talk about a little bit of betting content, Pat. We have an announcement to make, okay? Last week, we broke the news that weekly Pat would be writing his sommelier article on comparing fine wines and not-so-fine wines to good fantasy golf options and not-so-good fantasy golf options every week. Up on tourjunkies.com, over on the One Groove Low tab, that starts this week, right, Pat? You're going to start that this week. You ready for that? Yeah, it starts tomorrow. Now, I don't, I can't, I'm not going to give you an exact time that it's going to come out tomorrow, but it will come out on Tuesday. I'm excited about that. Um, obviously, we'll be tweeting it out when it does. But in addition to that, more in the betting lane, we mentioned that Ben, our boy Ben Little, who writes the Chalk Bomb, who did a fantastic job on the Chalk Bomb. By the way, thank you to all those who subscribed to that last week. We added a bunch of new subscribers. Got a lot of great feedback, especially on the new layout and the new look. It's much more readable. It's pleasant to the eye. It's much more responsive. It's a beautiful piece of work. Shout out Ben Little for that one. Um, but he is going to now be writing a weekly article, and now we have more details that we can talk about, and I'm very excited about it. We, we teased last week that it may kind of tap into the more analytical, st- st- you know, stat guy golf nerd guy a little bit more because Ben is very much on that side of it as opposed to me and Pat but it's going to be a good time and here's what we're going to do we are going to attempt not a perfect science but Ben is going to attempt to do a season-long experiment between the old debate what matters more course history recent form or course fit slash the stats right and so every week, Ben is going to highlight three bets on my bookie. And he's going to back each one of those bets based off of certain weights on those three categories, course history, form, and the stats. We're going to keep track of them all year, and we're going to see which one turns out to be the better or sharper plays throughout the year. In addition to that every week, me, Ben, and Pat are all going to pick a separate bet on my bookie, a discretionary to, up to us to see if we can outperform the other three bets, the course history, course form, stat bets. It's going to be a good time. We may, we may work in some listener contests into this, listener picks, listener votes, feedback, but we'll keep track of it all throughout the year starting this week through the tour championship. Uh, and, in, and obviously, in the meantime, you're going to get in that article a lot of great game theory, betting theory, um, and just good golf talk out of Ben. And it's all for free, tourjunkies.com. So that will be out this week as well. We're really excited about that. I think it's going to be a great piece of content. Pat, uh, did I just clear up the article for you? I'm, I'm pretty sure that's probably like the first time you've, you've really understood what the article was about. Yeah, you did. That was, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Um, in addition, you know, I might throw out a little first-round leader article. Might do it this week. I love a field like this where you got 144 players in the field. There, you got coastal conditions, potential wind, weather, wave advantages. That's where I really look to see, you know, on Tuesday night. Uh, well, not not Tuesday night, but like Wednesday night, what the pairings are looking like, um, or Wednesday morning, what the pairings are looking like, what the weather's looking like, and if any waves have an advantage. And throw in a couple of, you know, long shot first round leader bets. You know, you would have done that last week with Kevin Tway, who would have been a long shot in that 34 man field, you would have hit it. So 
occasionally when I when I kind of get a hankering, I might throw a little first round leader article up on tourjunkies.com too. So, and of course, if you just if you got the betting itch, the chalk bomb has your head to head matchups that we love so much. We talked about it last show, but some major props uh, prop bets that we've already got worked up. I mentioned Gary Woodland at the Masters, uh, eighty to one. Uh, he's up on mybookie.ag right now. Obviously, that number's looking good. Probably going to drop. So. Uh, Get to it and go to mybookie.ag to get it done if you're not already a member. If you sign up and use promo code TOURJUNKIES, then you will get a 50% deposit bonus. So 50% on, not 50% off. Put in 100 bucks, get 150 to play around with over on mybookie.ag. They're safe. You can deposit with Bitcoin. You can deposit with your credit card. It's super easy. It hap- you can withdraw quickly, easily. They don't give you a big headache or a big fuss to make a withdrawal if you want to. You can get it as quick as 24 hours. Both myself and Pat have been playing on my bookie for over two and a half years now. We've both made withdrawals from my bookie. It's just super easy. They have the best customer service in the business. I promise you that. Their uh, online site, their mobile site, is as responsive as it gets, and they're freaking hilarious on Twitter. Give them a follow at betmybookie uh, on Twitter. It's good stuff. So I'm excited about the uh, the content going up on the site this week. Uh, yeah, I'm it's really gonna be forward to that. It's gonna be good stuff. And you know what? If you are not subscribed <coughs> to the Chalk Bomb, we got a lot more listeners than there are folks that are. I mean, now we do have a lot of subscribers, but listen, you are getting some just unreal content. I look at it and I'm just like, we. So this is we give this out for free. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I question that almost every week. It's it is good stuff. And you know what? It, regardless of whether or not the Chalk Bomb itself hits or not. Everything is just just solid content for free. Great stuff. You've got to get in. Yeah. Um, one more thing before we get to the course breakdown. Uh, we got something new coming for the Tour Junkies in 2019, and it is a YouTube channel. That's right, a YouTube channel. You are going to get videos of mostly me because Pat is awful with technology, so he won't be able to shoot the video himself. But occasionally we'll have a little Pat. Um, we'll have a little Pat Perry action. But here's what we're going to do. The Tour Junkies YouTube channel is up and running right now. It doesn't look like much, okay? Um, there, You can listen to our podcast. The audio version of our podcast gets pushed to the YouTube page every single week. But there's also a few older videos on there that we did back in the day if you really want to go back and see some old stuff. It's kind of funny to go back and look at that. You can find that on our channel. But starting this week, this weekend, we will be adding content to that site, every to, to the YouTube channel, every single week. And it's going to be somewhere between three and five minute videos every week about DFS, betting on golf, picking golfers to play well every single week, and what that takes. We, we have right now about 40 to 50 different concepts to talk through in three to five minute clips. This could be answering some some questions that you guys have had if you're just getting started or if you've been playing for a long time, strategy thoughts, game theory thoughts, um, uh, terminology that you may haven't, you, you didn't know. This is all going to be very evergreen content that if, uh, if you're learning about DFS or the basics of that or golf betting, these are going to be really quick, easy to watch, easy to take in videos, and we would greatly appreciate it if you guys would go on there and subscribe to the channel and get it, help us get started um, and hit the little bell next to the subscribe button that notifies you when we put out that new video so uh, we're really looking forward to it it should be quick and funny and entertaining and informative videos every single week 
and it's something new for us. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Boom. Boom. <laughs> All right, Pat, let's get to it. Let's talk a little bit about the Sony Open. We're going uh, to hit the picks. We're going to hit some, uh, some GPPs. We're going to give you a few cash plays. We're going to give you some fades. We're going to make some bold predictions on some fades. We're going to do one and done. That starts this week. I'm pumped about one and done. And then we're going to end it with the chunk and run. we got a good segment for that tonight. So, Pat, tell us all about Wiley. Yeah, I'm excited for this week. We got some good <coughs> contests on uh, DraftKings and uh, you know full field event this week. 144 players. Woo! So we're we're back to just a normal event. Sony Open, Wiley Country Club in Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, just a great old fashioned track. You know, this is actually a track that's been around for a long, long time. It has hosted this event since 1965. So one of the longest. Uh, running courses that's hosted a single event on tour par 70 7044 yards so not a terribly long course at all one of the shorter courses all year you got two par fives here on this course that play extremely easy both reachable as a matter of fact if these par fives were in a in a major championship they would be par fours you got the ninth that's playing at 506 and the 18th that's at 551 Easy holes here for these guys. You see the most eagles and birdies all year on those two par fives. This course played as the 39th out of 51 easiest courses on tour last year. So you're going to see a ton of scoring. You got Bermuda greens. They're going to run, you know, probably average. Not going to run too quick at all. Um, but it's a it's a fast course. You know, it runs fast off the fairways. Uh, you're going to see some run out there. Extremely tight fairways. You know, I think the theme that you'll hear a lot this week is driving accuracy. And that is that is key on this course. But I will say this. If you look at a lot of the, the last few winners, they actually didn't finish even in the top 50 in the, in the field in driving accuracy. So I, I don't know. I do think it is a key, though. Uh, this is one of those cerebral type courses where you've got to think your way around the courses. course. There are a lot of... Uh, Dog legs left and right. Um, it's one of the, it's a ball strikers course. You you've got to be you know you've got to hit fairways. You've got to hit greens. Um, you know you look at um, you know this is one of those courses where when you get to you know you've got to hit the right shape of shot off the off the tee. Uh, for me, the stats that I'm looking at are strokes gained approach, also ops opportunities gained, which is one that we we're going to talk about a lot this year. Um, proximity. Here's one thing. Proximity is key. If you look at the last three years, Patton Kazire, Justin Thomas, and Fabian Gomez, all three winners here over the last three years, all finished in the top 10 in proximity. And guess what? They weren't in the top 50 in driving accuracy. So I think that's a, that is a little bit interesting when you think about this course, because a lot of people do talk about how you have to be accurate. Um, but I don't know. I think proximity could be a key stat this week. Also, always course history. Um, we've got a, we're going to have a lot of course history on, on a course that's been played since 1965. Um, so again, this is a this is a great course. I'm looking forward to, to seeing these guys out here. I cannot. I think that um, you know, looking at last past champions besides Kazire, Justin Thomas, and Gomez, you got Jimmy Walker who won two years in a row. And then you got Henley before that. Uh, so a lot of different types of, of players there, you know, bombers like JT, but then 
you know, your more plotters like Gomez and, and Jimmy Walker and Russell Henley, who always putts well. Um, so there you go. Quick rundown of this course. It's, it's going to be fun. It's, an, you know, it's, it's just a great cl- – here's the thing that I think is the biggest thing this week. Every single player in this field that has played some events on tour and has some, some decent history can win this tournament. There is not a single player in this field, unless it's like a, I haven't looked at the, the very bottom, that can't play well on this course because it's just, it's just that type of course. Every, every type game can fit here. 100% agree with that. I think you're dead on there. Um, <clears throat> one thing that has been a trend of late is six out of the last seven winners have played Kapalua the week before. Um, that's just winners. I mean, that doesn't mean that, you know, obviously guys that haven't played uh, the, the Tournament of Champions can't play well. But a lot of the winners have come from the warm-up round in, uh, you know, across, across the, the islands there. Uh, in Hawaii, but um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's one. It is one of those places. I mean, I, one of the things I looked at is I looked at the guys like the top ten in strokes gained total at this event in the last five years. All guys who have played here four and five out of the last five years. The names are Jimmy Walker, Gary Woodland, Jerry Kelly, Justin Thomas, Brian Harmon, Charles Howell the third, Zach Johnson, James Hahn, Mark Leishman, and Shez Reevy. Of those guys. I mean, I think Jimmy Walker's a bomber. He hits the ball a long way. Of those guys, you got Walker, Woodland, JT, and Charles Howell. Those are the only four bombers in the group. But then you have Shez Reevy, the Sheztacle, you know, Zach Johnson, Brian Harmon, Jerry Kelly. I mean, those are short knockers if there have ever been any. So I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think off the tee, this can suit a lot of different players. For me, that just really makes me want to dial into that opportunities gain stat off of FantasyNational.com. As you guys know, Fantasy National is where all the stats come from on the Tour Junkies podcast. If you're not a member, I don't know what you're doing, but this early in the year, you should go ahead and get the membership. Don't don't waste any more time. It's very cheap. It's easy to do. I would go ahead and do the annual membership. It's only 200 bucks for the whole year. You can get it for this whole season, the wraparound season. It makes a lot of sense, like 4 bucks a week fantasynational.com slash TJ, and then they'll know that TJ sent you. That's good stuff, too. Um, but just all that, all that we can look at on Fantasy National and how you can manipulate the stats, do the, you know, you can build lineups through it if you want, see all the history, see all the recent form. But then you get proprietary stats like Opportunities Gain, which I will be talking about every single week. I love the stat, and, and, and I'll go over this a couple times earlier in the year just so you guys that are just starting out understand it's basically how many times on their approach shot they leave themselves within 15 feet of the hole whether it's on the fringe or on the green giving themselves those opportunities to score so uh, that's what I want I want those guys and and to me when when off the tee you can kind of be a lot of different things and play well here at Wiley I'm going to really hone in on the opportunities gain stat the next stat I'm really going to hone in on is just DraftKings scoring I mean, you mentioned how easy the golf course is. JT set the 72-hole course record here two years ago with 27 under. I mean, it is a birdie fest, a ton of eagles. So, to me, it's just i got to have guys that score. I don't need the the, the plotter types. I, don't, I need guys who can score and go super low. Um, so, those are the two heaviest-weighted stats for me. And then kind of the third little thing that I'm looking at 
kind of like what I looked at last week with the Tournament of Champions, and that is a long-term look at strokes gain putting on Bermuda. Um, I think the greens here, while are going to be a little faster than they were at the Tournament of Champions, but not much, and they're still just coastal Bermuda greens. So uh, I think looking at that is interesting as well. That's it for me. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I think if, like you said with putting, I mean, the, you see with the winners here that they, they kind of they definitely get hot with the putter. But I, what are your thoughts? So, you know, we do hear a lot about driving accuracy. Even the players talk about that as far as this course is concerned. But when you look at, you know, historical stats for the winners, it doesn't necessarily play out that way. I mean, you had, like, Kazire was 56th in, in driving accuracy last year. You know, Justin Thomas was 66th. Gomez was 60th in driving accuracy, even though we consider him a pretty accurate driver of the ball. So what does that mean to you? I mean, so is that something you're looking at at all, or you're just, you're just not really even paying attention? I'm not looking at any stat off the tee this week. I, I literally am not looking at anything. I'm with you. I mean, I, I think it's a little bit overplayed. Yeah, I mean, I think there. It's just tough to figure out. I mean, you get some years there's, um, yeah, I mean, some years that Bermuda rough could be a little thicker, and sometimes Bermuda's Bermuda's interesting, man. I mean, we have a lot of Bermuda rough around here. Like, you can you can get a lie in the rough where the ball's sitting up nice, or you can get one where it's freaking buried, and you know you're gonna have a lot of grass between the club face and the golf ball. So. I, I don't know. I mean, I definitely feel like obviously the rough can't be that bad because scores wouldn't be this low with that many people missing fairways. You know, that, that's kind of where I feel like I just care about guys that no matter what are going to be really sharp with their irons, their distance control, you know, being able to, to control spin out of, a, out of a lie if they need to. Like, I, I, I'm just ignoring the noise in the, in the off the tee stuff. I think you could get worked up about it. Yeah, well, and I think, too, with the way these this course just runs fast off the fairways, I think, again, it's just hitting your, the right spots. And that may not that may mean you're just off the fairway in the rough, and so not counting as far as this, the stat's concerned, but you're still exactly in the spot that you want to be, you know. That's why, like you said, you can kind of throw those stats out the window and maybe look more at approach, proximity, maybe scrambling, putting, that kind of thing. All right, let's do it. Let's get into the picks here, Patrick. We're going to do 9K and above. We're going to look at the 9K and above range on DraftKings. We are each going to give you three GPP plays, one cash game lock, and one bold fade. That's what we're going to do. That's the name of the game this week. Pat, I will start. Does that work for you? Yeah, works for me. Okay. I'm going pretty chalky. I'm going to play JT. Um, I mean, he, he just he ranks number one when I look at my stats. He's second in this field in DraftKings points, fourth in opportunities gained over the long term, uh, 33rd in the long-term putting stat that I looked at. Obviously, pretty good course history here with a 14th place last year, a win in 17, and a sixth in 2015. Recently, you know, finished third at the Tournament of Champions, played really well, um, hitting the irons really well, uh, actually. So, I, I mean, I'm at 11-4. I don't mind. I think there's a ton of value in the 7K range, a lot of value in the 7K range. So, I mean, why not pay up for, for JT? By the way, at the Tournament of Champions, you know how many strokes he gained 
approach at the Tournament of Champions? 10.8. Approach. Dude was dialed in. I love that this week. Love it. If that that number would have... Now, he lost a half a stroke off the tee, which is funny. If, if that number would have been reversed, you know, if he'd have gained 10 strokes off the tee and lost a half one in, in the approach, I, I might be looking at a reason to fade him. But, because, I mean, it, for JT to, you, you know, I mean, he's known as a bomber. He hits the ball a long way. When he gains strokes off the tee, he's gaining them with length most of the time. He's not gaining them because he's peppering fairways. So – I just I love seeing the irons in play and and I'm not terribly worried about losing a half a stroke last week when everybody was just absolutely murdering the golf ball off the tee. I'm not I'm not worried about it, but I love the fact that his iron play um, is looking good. So I'll be going JT, uh, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go Gary Woodland. I mean, Gary looked really really solid, and if you look at the last five years. Nobody has gained more strokes here. Uh, well, except for – actually, except for um, – what's his name? For, for Jimmy Walker. Uh, but, I mean, Gary Woodland's gained 34 strokes here in the last four attempts on this golf course. He checks the box in DraftKings points. He's third, fifth in opportunities gained. Not a great putter over the long term, but you can tell the flat stick has gotten a lot better. Other than that last putt on 18 – Sunday that didn't even hit the hole from nine feet. <laughs> yeah, that uh, one. The putting, <laughs> the putting is getting better with Gary. And you know, at ten, at ten eight, I don't, I don't care. I don't even care how chalky either one of these guys are going to be. Uh, again, I, I like the values in the seven K, and I like a couple guys in the six K. We're going to get to. I don't mind working these two in the lineup, um, both scores, and and I just I, I love the play. Now for my third GPP play, I'm going to c- totally contradict everything. And I'm going to go to Kevin Kisner. I'm going to play Kiz at 9,000. Uh, so I'm playing the two really pricey guys, and I'm playing the last possible guy in this price range in Kisner. The only box he checks is, uh, in terms of stats, is putting on Bermuda. He putts really well. He's fourth in this field uh, in the last 75 rounds on putting uh, Bermuda. But he does have a really good history here. He's got. Two top, two top fives, a top 25 last year in the last three years. He's gained 19 strokes here. You know, the trick with kids is just are we going to, you know, are we going to see, are we going to see decent form out of him? I mean, last year was definitely kind of a letdown year. So I'm hoping that we get a, I'm hoping we get a new, you know, Kisner who worked hard in the offseason and, uh, and he's ready to, he's ready to bring it. So those are my three GPP plays, and I think Kiz will be very low owned. I mean, I don't, I don't see him playing well. At, I mean, I don't see him getting a whole lot of chatter, uh, and I think I don't think people are going to be willing to pay nine K for him. So as chalky as I think I'm going to be with Thomas and Woodland, I think I'm making up for it a little bit here with the Kevin Kisner play. Wow. Okay. Uh, we don't have anybody that's well. I do agree with you on JT. I had him in there. He's the only guy that we agree on. Um, well, I, I'm not saying I disagree, but we don't have the same guys here in this. As far it's okay as okay to disagree though. Yeah, but um, I do. I, I can see where you're going with Woodland. Uh, definitely with you on JT, and I can also see on Kiz. I mean, he, he does have a, a pretty good record here with a couple top tens uh, in the last three years. Form hasn't been there, but 
My guys, I'm gonna start at I'm gonna start actually in the 9K range, even though I have a guy in the 10K range that I want to play in the GPPs. Uh, but I like some Hideki at 9300. Mm. Doesn't doesn't have the greatest course history here, but when you look at stats, he's eighth in ball striking, he's third in proximity, sixth in the field in scrambling, tenth in opportunities gained. I, I just I like where you know this course to me seems like a course he could play well as long as he can putt well, and, and that's always going to be the question. It always is with him. And um, so I think I think Hideki is a, a very good GPP play, going to be low-owned. Haven't seen him playing in a little bit here, so I do like some Hideki. And then, you know what? I'm going with the guy that I talked about last week is, that's going to be the player of the year in 2019, and that's Jordan Spieth at mm. 10-3. You know what? He's he was third here in 2017. To me, this is just the perfect course for him. And you know, it's it's kind of a course that's similar, like an old style course, like a Colonial, who he's played well and won on before. I think that Jordan is is here to win. You know, he was sort of a last minute entry. He did he wasn't. I mean, I, I literally think he got in or didn't get into the field, but you know, didn't commit till last week. And I, I'm wondering if that's because he's just feels like his game is there. He's playing really well. And so I, I like some Jordan Spieth at 10-3. I think he's going to be lower owned than you'll, you'll probably get him uh, for the rest of the year. And so I will have him and Hideki as my two favorite GPP plays. And then I also like JT, JT as well. My fade, by the way, I feel like is just the easiest fade that I'm going to have all year. Really? The yep. easiest fade you're going to have easiest all year? Easiest fade all year. Well, wait a minute. Who's your cash play? Mm. You, oh, you didn't even look at that. I feel like you changed that on me because you didn't what have What the hell, Pat? Before. Freaking read. Cash. No, you changed that on me because it wasn't... It, you had. You did not have the cash lock in there before. Actually, as a matter of fact, you had... Yes, I did. No, no. You had the cash lock in the 7K range before. Nope. Nope. Nope, you you don't pay attention. For as OCD as hell as you are, you don't pay attention. No, you changed ca- it on me. You changed it on no, me. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. You're an idiot. All right, moving on. Okay. Right, well, Mike, I'll tell you, you my cash lock for people that want to know because I actually I actually took the time to figure it out. My cash lock is actually not a guy I named in the GPP, which is weird for me to do, but it's Mark Leishman. I think Leishman is a safe bet at a fair price at 10-5. I don't really care about paying up for Woodland or JT in cash, but I really like him in GPPs. And I don't feel safe enough with some of these other guys. But Leishman's played here the last five years. He's never missed a cut. His worst finish is 47th. He's gained 25 strokes on the field uh, in those last five years. Played great last week. Eighth in DraftKings points, uh, eighth in strokes game putting on Bermuda the last 75 rounds. I just think safety is Mark Leishman. I do think he'll be a popular play in GPPs, which is why I didn't put him in the GPP play, and I don't really want to pay up for the. I just that's my excuse. Normally, normally one of my GPP guys, I would feel like I would also like enough to play in cash, but I just don't think you pay up for the two that I like, and I don't I don't feel good with kids in cash. So. Who's your fade? Who's the easiest fade of the year, Pat? I think it's Cam Champ this week at 9,900. Not going to play him. I don't like 
agreement. Do, I don't know if it's the easiest fade of the year, but he is my fade as well. I do not like him on this course. I think this track is just not does not fit his game at all. You know what? He's 109th in the field in driving accuracy. He's 75th in scrambling, 57th in uh, proximity. I, I just, I, I, I think, you're, and you know what? His price is obviously inflated off of what he's done over the last several events, but they haven't been on courses like this. None of them have been even like remotely courses like this. So I, I just feel like he is an easy fade this week. I'm not, I'll have zero ownership to Cameron Champ. Interesting. I mean, here's the deal. As the, what, seventh, uh, seventh, sixth price golfer in the field, I mean, you, you need him to to return that $9,900 price tag. I mean, you need, you need a minimum of like a top 15 with some really nice scoring in there. Uh, and, and I do love Champ from the scoring side. I mean, we know the guy can, can make birdies and eagles. Um, for me, He's going to dominate two. these par fives, but I don't know about any, anything else on those scores. For me, it's kind of two reasons. It's two things I don't like. It's the first timer, which not that first timers can't play well here, but it's not the. If you just look at the numbers, it just it's not the easiest course for first timers to come out and play. Um, but other than that, it is. It just comes down to the value. It comes down to the odds. If you look at. At my bookie, uh, he has the same odds to win as Kyle Stanley, who is 8,700 on DraftKings. Cam Champ is 9,900. My bookie has him at the same odds to win, and he and he has worse odds to win than Cam Smith, Patrick Reed, and Hideki Matsuyama, the three guys just below him on DraftKings. So, uh, DraftKings clearly overpricing the Cam Champ hype. Um, so I'm as much as I like Cam Champ, and you said he would never, he would not win another tournament in 20, uh, 2019. I said he would. Uh, I do like him, but I, I I agree with you. And looking at a fade in the nine K range and above, to me he was the clear he was the clear answer, and a lot of it's based on value. So, all right, total agreement there with old Cam Champ. All right, let's go to the eight K now, Pat. I don't know if you read anything here, but we, we're going to have two GPP plays. Here yeah, I actually camera. added a cash play here because I, I noticed that you hadn't written it down in the rundown. So when I was doing mm-hmm. this, I was like, I'm surprised that David didn't put a cash play here. So I've got a cash play that I added before you, re, you, cha- you switched up everything on me. Okay, go ahead. Who are your two GPP plays? All right, so two GPP plays. Love Kyle Stanley. You just mentioned him at 8,700. Uh, I think he's a great play this week. Uh, he's eighth in the field in strokes gained approach, fifth in ball striking. Uh, he is a very accurate guy off the tee. He's fifth also in the opportunities gained. By the way, when I'm looking at the stats on Fantasy National, I don't know what you did, but I went back 50 rounds. So we'll get okay. a little more specific there, and that's why – you know, if we're off on our stats, that you know we may may have looked at some different things, but that's what I looked at. So I like Kyle Stanley at 8,700. I think he's going to be a a really good, just solid GPP play this week. Also, I'm getting back on Adam Scott at 8,300. Oh, okay. Love him this week. I think he can make a huge case for Scott. He's number one in the field. Make in the, it. Did I say what? What? I said, make it. Make the case. Oh, I thought you said naked. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> naked? 
Um, <laughs> he's number one in the field in strokes gained approach, checks the box in ball striking. He's number four in proximity and also number one in opportunities gained. One of your favorite stats. So, I don't know. Here's the thing with him. You know, he, he played well at the, near the end of the year. We saw him obviously contend at the PGA Championship. He's a guy that he's going to be – this is a good course for him. He's just got to putt well, which is always a question mark with him and just like my other GPP play in Hideki. But I, I like Adam Scott this week. I think this is uh, this is a course he can play well. We haven't seen a whole lot of him lately. I love the price at 8300 I think he's going to go under the radar. Uh, he's not one of these hot young guns that everybody's wanting to look at playing this, this week. The Web.com guys who were hot in the fall. Um, so I, I think that if you want to take a chance on a guy who's a solid player who who can literally should play well on this course and has in the past, I, I think Adam Scott is uh, just a great tournament play for you. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I can I can get down on a little bit of that. I, I can get down with it. It's, he's not he's not one of my favorites. Not one I wrote down, but. I can get with it. Um, all right, I'm going to give you the two GPP plays for me. The first is going to be Matt Kuchar, $8,500. Kuch, uh, I don't know. I just think Kuch is sliding under the radar a little bit, uh, as, as he did a lot of last year because he didn't play very well. Uh, we were on him at the OHL when he won in the fall. Kind of That was a big bounce-back event for him. Got his way into the Tournament of Champions last week. Didn't play great at the Tournament of Champions. But I think for Cooch, that's a great event. I'm sure he was there with his family. Like, he's getting, in the, he's getting in the groove. He's really excited to put back on his flowered Hawaiian shirt and dance at the luau's and, you know, do, do all that cheesy crap and wear shell necklaces. He's just super excited about that. So I think he's going to be geared up and ready to go a little more prepared for the Sony. And I think Wiley fits him very, very well from a course fit perspective it, it just it fits him in terms of the stat categories he doesn't like he doesn't kill it in the three stat categories I looked at but he doesn't suck either he's kind of middle of the road in those um hadn't played here in a couple years uh, it's 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 been a little bit but when he did play here he did quite well 2014 tied for eighth 2015 tied for third 2016 tied for 13th not really sure why he hadn't been back here other than that he hadn't he hadn't made it into the tournament of champions so he's i don't know if he's just not one to make the trip but clearly this is a good golf course for him so i like kuchar and i think he'll get overlooked a little bit the next guy that i like i am a big fan of in fact in the last three years here are his finishes at the at the sony 14th last year sixth the year before and ninth the year before that now a lot of people including us mentioned in front of the podcast that People do, you know, the winner of the last seven Sony Opens six times has, has played the Tournament of Champions the week before. But not saying that you have to play the week before in order to, like, jump right in and play well at the Sony. And this player has done just that. I mentioned those three finishes, and all three of those years, his first event back in the swing of things has been this event uh, in the Sony Open, and that is Zach Johnson at $8,600. We last saw Zach finishing tied for seventh at the RSM down there in Sea Island. He checks the boxes too, man. I mean, DraftKings points scored. He, he hits it. He's 14th in this field in opportunities gained. Always a good putter. 
Um, so I love Zach and Kucher right there next to each other. Those are my two. Those are my two GPP plays. And Zach is my cash lock in the eighty-six hundred dollar range. I, I I don't know why you wouldn't play Zach. Who's your cash lock? Zach Johnson. <laughs> so, Good idea. Yeah, I don't even need to pound <coughs> upon that. In terms of a fade, I got a good fade here. I feel good about this fade. I'm interested um, to hear your fade in this range because it was hard for me to peg one here. Well, he, this this guy, I talked up last week, and he proceeded to lose 11 strokes putting. 11 strokes putting. Uh, while only losing a half a shot on approach and around the green. However... Um, this is interesting. I, I, I dug into this. Like, why is this guy here? In 2015, 2016, and 2017, this player played in the Tournament of Champions, but skipped the Sony. He was already right there. I mean, all you got to do is get on the little boat, ride over to, to uh, is it Maui, right? Aren't we on Maui now? You ride over to, to the island, and you play, you play the Sony. But the only reason this guy wouldn't do that is because he freaking sucks for this golf course, and that is Bubba Watson. I had a feeling this is where you were going. This is not a golf course for Bubba. I mean, not not that Bubba, you know, we we, we didn't say that you had to be a bomber, but you do have to be a bomber that's okay hitting irons off the tee. You know, like, like I think Gary Woodland is just fine hitting irons. Bubba sleeps with his driver – you know, goes to church with his driver. He does all this stuff. Like, he, he wants to hit driver, and I think this golf course is going to take that out of his hands. I'm, I'm not really sure why he's here when every other year that he's made the Tournament of Champions, he's not showed up to the Sony, but he's here. So I think Bubba is the fade because I can't find – I mean, obviously the god-awful putting performance. Uh, clearly he's not enjoying the slow Bermuda, but, I mean – it wasn't like he was lighting it up tee to green either. So I, I just I can't see a good reason to play Bubba. And, and maybe that's not a super chalky fade just because he sucked last week. But he's still a big name, and, he, you know, he's 8400 bucks. He's going to score a lot. I'm not having any of it. And I'm sorry I recommended him last week to all of you who took him. So now he'll probably win the freaking golf tournament. See, that's the thing about Bubba, though, that I, I just – like, you're right. He's probably going to win or play really well. I mean <laughs> – and this is the this is the type of tournament where you, I do think, especially in, in you know DraftKings contest, you got to take a, a few chances. So I don't know if I'm gonna completely. I, I I could see me getting to Wednesday and Wednesday night, and I'm looking at lineups and be like, you know what? And I look at FanShare, and I'll see like where his ownership's gonna be, and I, I just have a feeling that I'm gonna I'm gonna get suckered into some Bubba, and he may screw me, but. I don't know. You know who I think could be a good fade is Charles Howell III. Ooh. Yeah. That's hard for you to do. Just right. like your Snedeker fade last week. I know, but, you know, he's he didn't play that great last week. He was kind of up and down. Didn't score a lot. You know, he really – He plays so good here, though. He does. He's got a great history here. And, and so that's obviously one of the reasons why I think that he's probably going to uh, be relatively high-owned in, in a popular play. But I think – if I'm planting a flag to fade a guy in this 8K category, if you're just making me choose one here, it's going to be him. 
I just, I just, and it's really just price and ownership. <coughs> I just don't think that, um, you know, there's really not a whole lot, a lot of guys here that I, I, I really feel strongly about fading. But I do think Charles is one of those you should think about. Uh, again, like I said, for price and ownership reasons. I like the call. I like, I like the bold call. Um, all right, let's hit the 7K range. Now, in the 7K, we're going to give you three GPP plays, one cash lock, and two fades. This is a pretty big pretty big range here. Um, why don't you start, Pat? You start the 7K. All right, well, first guy I'm going to start with is uh, Scott Piercy. As far as uh, GPP okay. plays, I like him at 7,600. He's got good course history here. Checks always. He's a great ball striker. We know that. Checks the box and scrambling. Also opportunities gained. So I think that uh, I think Piercy could be a great play. Also like Chris Kirk, Georgia guy, seventy six hundred. Uh, another guy that's you know been playing relatively well, but but I think this is a perfect course for him. He's sixth in the field in strokes gained approach, tenth in proximity. Um, you know, he's got a couple top tens here in the last few years with a second-place finish in there. So I think Chris Kirk is uh, is a really good play. And then down at the bottom, I like Ryan Armour. It's 7,200. He's a guy I typically like on courses like this, just like this, where you it's a just a course where you've got to kind of plot it around, be smart, pick your spots. you still got to score, which he can do. Um, but he checks the box in approach, proximity, He's one of the more accurate drivers on tour. And in opportunities gained, he checks that set as well. So I think Piercy, Kirk, and Ryan Armour are my three favorite GPP plays in this field, in the 7K range. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start it off with the defending champ. I like Patton Kazire. I, I, I like... Um, I like how he played at the Sony last week. I mean, he had a very solid week at the Sony. Finished tied for eighth. He had five bogeys all week, which is tied for fifth. He had nothing worse than a bogey, which obviously is tied for first. He finished eighth in strokes gained approach and fifth in strokes gained putting last week at the Sony. He was only ten, less than 10% owned on average uh, in DraftKings. I expect that to maybe go up a little bit just because – Defending champ, played pretty decent. But I don't think it's going to go up much because you have so many names. Uh, I think ownership can be diluted pretty good down here in this in this range. So I, I like I like the way Patton's playing right now. I think he's confident coming to a place. I, I, I always struggle a little bit taking, for, you know, defending champs and what's going to be the responsibilities of the tournament. But I think that's a little different in Hawaii. Like, I just feel like Hawaii – you come to Hawaii to, and you're the defending champ. You have le- I feel like you have less responsibilities than you would if you're defending champ at like the Honda. You know, um, I just I don't think they put as much on these guys. He's been there for a couple weeks already. He's used to everything going on. Um, you know, going back to the you know six of the last seven winners played the tournament of champions before. I just I like Kazire at the seventy nine hundred dollar price and it's a good value. The next guy that I like is a lot like Zach Johnson. This guy loves to start his season at the Sony. In fact, he's done so four of the last four years and gained 23 strokes in doing that in only four years, and that is the Shesticle at $7,600. <laughs> uh, 
I like a little Chez Revy. He checks a box in DraftKings points. He checks a box in opportunities gained. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to roll a little Chez, you know. Finished 26th at the OHL. It's not great, but, you know, played a little bit in the fall, rested up, coming to one of his favorite events every year at the Sony. This is, uh, this is Chez time. This is the time of year Chez shines. Say that five times fast. Um, so I like the Chesticle. And finally, for GPP plays, and this is probably be a little more popular, but I like Stewart Sink. He checks all the boxes. DraftKings points scored, opportunities gained, strokes gained putting on Bermuda over the last 75 rounds. Um, you know, Sink just, just hits all those boxes. He's played here five times out of the last five years and gained 19 strokes in that time. This is just a great course for him. I feel like if uh, um, I just feel like he's a safe he's a safe play. And again, I think as popular as Sink is, he's still going to be a little diluted because there's so many names down here between Stricker and Jimmy Walker and Joel Damon and Ryder and Burns and all these guys. It's going to be a little diluted. So I'll go with Sink, Shestical, and Kazire as my GPP. Kazire is my cash play. I like Kazire a lot in cash. In cash, I want to play guys who played last week, as many of them as I can. I don't have to play all of them. I mean, I said Zach Johnson is a cash lock, but I, I like guys who played last week and then, you know, sprinkle in a couple others. Okay. It's amazing cash how many. Play? Um, all right, so. I what like were you Brian. Say is amazing what? Just. I guess that I thought we'd have a lot more similar players as far as some yeah, of the Yeah, we term, definitely don't. But um, I like Brian Harmon at 7,900 on DraftKings. I think he's a just a, a great cash play. Why um, would you not play him in GPPs? I mean, I'd play him there too. I, just, I mean, I why like him. Why you mention him? If you like him enough to play him in cash, why wouldn't you mention him in GPPs? I don't, I don't know. I mean, do I have to name a, the same person for a GPP as I do for a cash? If you feel that confident in them and they're going to be low-owned, then why wouldn't you play them in both? I don't know. I just I, I think he's a great – I like him as cash, but I, I think he's going to be – he's not a guy that I think is going to be have the ownership that I would like for a GPP play. You think how, you think he's going to be higher-owned in GPPs? Possibly, yes, I do. What do you think his ownership is going to be in GPPs? I don't know. I'm not going to guess on that. <laughs> why not? Because I, I love it that. You- we but he's gained, he's gained 31 strokes on the field okay. in this tournament Brian over the last Harman. five years. It's still well, Brian Harmon. What do you think it's going to be? You think it's going to be – we'll just do – you think it's going to be more than 10%? Uh, yes, I do. You think it's going to be more than 15? If we're looking at the 7K range, I think he's going to be probably one of the highest-owned guys in the 7K range. Actually, he will be the highest-owned guy. Maybe Keegan will get in there for some <laughs> God knows reason because everybody wants to play Keegan. <laughs> but but I think he'll be the highest seven k seven k range seven k seven k cover the k. Planet, Planet Tito's is kicking in not because you said seven k but because you think Brian Harmon is going to be the highest on guy in the seven k range. Who do you think is going to be the highest on guy in the seven k range? It will not be him. I can tell you that. We should make a bet. We should make a bet. I will say he will not be the highest end. No, I will say he will. No, no, okay, you got to choose I'll, I'll a guy. This. You got to choose a guy. No, 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 I don't. I'll give you this. I'll say he's not in the top three highest end. In the seven K range. Yes. Okay. You take that bet. I'll take that bet. Yes, 
We got action. All right, what's the bet? What are we doing? We are we eating a pube sandwich? You eating a pube sandwich if Good you lose? God, God no, no. Um, <laughs> where did that fucking come from? Sorry, I should. I did, this is a PG. <laughs> uh, come on, you, we got we got to come up with steaks here. Um. Oh gosh, Tito's is kicking in, man. I can't here, think here's, like that. Here, okay, I got, I got an idea. This just, this just came to me. It's not a great idea, but it's an idea. All right, if whoever loses, the loser has to buy a plain white T-shirt and decorate it and write on it that the other person is the greatest daily fantasy golf player in the world and the most handsome and all these other things about them oh and you have to God. wear it in a roto grinders video or a youtube video okay fine you up for that yeah i'm fine so we're like having art time some craft it's time art, it's art it's arts and crafts time yeah. dude you know you love that anyway it's like the one it's where you go to the place and you you get your wine you get to paint the painting you do that anyway you just <laughs> pour your little bottle of rose and you can decorate a t-shirt and make it a memorial to me uh, all right. All right, Let's, so that means Harmon has to be the fourth highest owned or worse in the 7K range, and we're going to base this off of average GPP ownerships. Now, I okay. say he's going to be the highest owned player. I know, but the bet is top, I want that he won't crack the top three. You want to make this easier on me? or, or? Okay, yeah, that's fine. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Right. That's what I thought. All right, who are your two fades? I did ask for two fades in the 7K range. Who are those guys going to be? You asked for two? Mother... Pat, you didn't even look. You didn't you even look. You changed this whole thing up. Whole this is, I think you did this on purpose. This is no, for content reasons, and that's all you did this for. But my first fade is going to be Patrick Rogers at 7,400. Don't like wow. him at all in this course. He withdrew last year. He missed a cut in 2017. Doesn't really check any stats for me. So I think Patrick Rogers is a guy that you're going to avoid this week. You know what? He's 105th in the field in proximity. 96th driving accuracy. 117th in opportunities gained. So I don't like any Patrick Rogers. I'm not going to take him at all. Just, just none of him. Another guy that I don't like, Kevin Tway. A guy that played well last week has definitely been a scorer. I just don't like him on this course. He is 135th in the field in strokes gain approach, 106th in ball striking. He's 119th in, uh, in, in driving accuracy, 136th in opportunities gained. Not liking him at all. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fade the guy who played well last year or last week, at least from a early standpoint he didn't really play great on the weekend so i think tway and rogers are going to be my my two guys that i'm fading in this category hmm. okay i am going with hmm. first fade is going to be the wait wait man. why are you humming well i was like, deciding hmm. on who to start hmm. with the first because you said that you had this all oh, taken care of you knew exactly I, what players you were i with. did i was deciding who to start with i'm actually going to start with the cheaper fade and then work up i'm gonna i'm gonna fade jerry kelly old man kelly despite his 32 strokes gained here in the last five years 
if I keep fading him at this tournament every year, I'm bound to be right because he's going to die of dementia and forget how to play this golf course at some point. So Jerry Kelly, old man Kelly at $7,100. People are going to like to play him. He is cheap, but I just don't trust it. This is one of the strongest fields the Sony Open has had in years. Check, check the records. It's one of the strongest fields they've had in a long time. Jerry Kelly putting up a top 15, top 25 here is going to be tough to do in a field that looks like this, uh, much less making the cut or anything better than that. So uh, fading Jerry Kelly. The next one is a popular guy, popular young guy that you said I think would be the rookie of the year. Sam Burns, is that correct? Didn't you say he was going to be rookie of the year? Did I say that? I don't remember I that. I think you said that last last week. Anyway, okay. I'm fading Sam Burns at 7,200. I, I know I, I think he's a good young player. First time here, I'm not a fan of. Um, you know, I'm just I'm just not going to play. I'm just not not going to play Sam Burns. I mean, he's his statistically he's not he's not terrible. Um, He's not great in anything. He's not terrible. He's 51st in DraftKings points scored in this field, 44th in opportunities gained over the long term, 75 rounds. His putter's pretty good. 7,200 is not a bad price, but I think him and Jerry Kelly right there next to each other, 7,200, $7,100. I think those are those are some uh, some fades for sure. All right, let's get to the 6K range. Let's get to Planet Tito's and the Chunk and Run. Um, We're already yeah, on Planet Tito's. Plete- Tito's, baby. <laughs> Woo! I just poured another one. <laughs> Listen to that. Listen to that. Planet Tino's. <laughs> God. Um, okay, well, before I dare guess that you looked at the sheet, how many picks do you have in the 6K range? I have two GPP plays. Fantastic. Hit us with them. No, wait a minute. You keep drinking. I'll hit you with mine. Then you come back. Uh, I actually have – I'm going to go with two and then an honorable mention. That's what I'm going to do. Um, 6,900, I'm going with Keith Mitchell. Now, you may say to yourself, Keith Mitchell's a bomber. What are you doing? But if you look at Keith Mitchell, he's played on a few courses, coastal courses, windy conditions, not super lengthy, and he's done – Done okay. He's 14th in the field in DraftKings points and 9th in opportunities gained over the last 75 rounds. Now, he is a first-timer here. No, I'm sorry, he's not a first-timer here. He played here last year, um, finished 25th in his first time out. I really think this is a good spot for Keith Mitchell. And, and weighting heavily the DraftKings points scored, knowing how low you got to go here, I love that for Keith at 6,900. Uh, and checking the boxes that he's checking, I think uh, I think that makes for a rather uh, rather enticing play. The next guy I'm very excited about because this is uh, this is going to be an under the radar pick here. Sixty eight hundred dollars, Cameron Davis. Cameron Davis, massive hitter, like was right right underneath Cam Champ on the web.com last year in distance. Absolutely mashes the golf ball, but can play the irons okay too. He's 18th in DraftKings points, 14th in opportunities gained. On the web.com last year, he was 7th in greens and regulation, 16th in scoring average, and 2nd in birdie average. So the dude can score, score, score. 
Um, you know, I, I I feel like obviously this is his this is his first time playing. Uh, he's not not been here before, but I think Cam Davis is a name you need to know. You, you need to know Cam Davis. He made the cut in two starts in the fall at the OHL and the Shriners. Uh, best finish was a 28th at the Shriners, but uh, I, I think Cam Davis is an interesting play on a course where you have to go super low. So I really like those two guys. My honorable mention play is going to be Seth Reeves. Just been playing really solid, making cuts. He's, um, he's. Uh, I think he, where is he? Sixty. Where's Seth Reeves? I lost him. He's sixty-seven hundred. Um, no super exciting finishes over the fall, but made his cuts, did his thing. Uh, so I think Seth Reeves is is worth a look. All right. Hopefully you've had a few extra sips. A little bit more Tino's has got to your brain. Pad. Wow, I like Do- those plays actually. Seth Reeves too. Dude. I mean, he's like he's at he. He checks some boxes, you know, approach, yeah, he does. top 25 in the field, ball striking, he's up there, around the green. Cam Cam Davis, though, to me, I think is the most interesting one that you said because, you know, he is a long hitter, but he also is a great ball striker. And he, he checks that opportunities gain stat. He's top 25 in the field there, and he's top 25 in strokes gain approach. So I think Cam Davis is a great play. I, I like both of those. Um for me, I like some Ollie Schneiderjines. <laughs> Just kidding. Ollie Schneiderjines at 6,900. I think that is a, a great play. Checks the box. Strokes gained approach. He's 30th in the field. He's 7th around the green. Opportunities gained. Checks the box. Also proximity. And you know what? He's played well here in the past. You know, he was T7th here. Uh... I think it was last year, and then and also 27th as well. So a guy that's played good on this course uh, at 6,900 is probably great shot to miss shot to make the cut. So I like him. Also Nick Taylor at 6,700. He's a guy that kind of played well at the end of last season to to really lock up his his tour card. Um, but another guy that checks boxes for me, he's 20th in strokes gained approach, great ball striker, top 15 in the field there, also in proximity. So I, I just I really like that, and I like the way he played just ending the season last year. So Nick Taylor and Ollie Sneedergens, the hatless wonder at 6,900, I think are great plays. <laughs> <coughs> oh, all right. Let's stay on Planet Tito's and hit the chunk and run. Oh, we need gosh. some listener this is, questions. I feel like this is going to be good. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about this one. We got questions in through email from Dan Gutierrez. You guys can email us, info at tourjunkies.com with your chunk and run questions. Both of these came from Dan. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for the engagement. We appreciate it. We might send you something too, buddy. Uh, all right, the chunk question actually has a little bit of a run feel to it, honestly, Pat. Um, Dan says, take three PGA Tour pros and assign to them a brand of cereal that best fits them. I thought this was very creative, very clever. Going back through some cereals. Uh, I actually have four. I have three in an honorable mention. Um, I'll, you know, I'll start. Yeah, you start. Patrick Reed. Frostios, just because he's he's so damn frosty. He's so cold. 
He's just a cold-hearted killer. <laughs> Nobody likes him. He's always frosty and got an attitude. Frostios. Do you, you ever seen Frostios? No? Mm-hmm. Um, Grape Nuts goes to Steve Stricker. Just because I just was trying to think of somebody really old. Cause Damn grape it, nuts. why? <sighs> Is that your favorite cereal because you're old? I cannot believe you stole Grape Nuts from me. I knew you, I should have known you were going to do that. I mean, I had a different guy, but... Okay, who was your Grape Nuts guy? He's not an old guy, but... He, what? Because, to me, Grape Nuts are a solid cereal. I mean, they're <laughs> like... because you're old. They're like a solid cereal that's, like, just not exciting, but it's a good cereal. I mean, you put the cereal in front of you, it's good for because you. Because you're old, that's why you didn't... You didn't recognize it. So Justin Rose was my great nuts guy. Justin Rose? <laughs> what? <laughs> no way. He's not very exciting. Is You're there, I mean, such an old man. All right, go ahead. <laughs> all right, I have two more. Um, shredded wheat goes to the most man-diamond and man in all of the PGA Tour, which is Brooks Kepka. Shredded. Just absolutely shredded. Shredded wheat. And oh, then that's, that's ridiculous. Come on. <laughs> and then my favorite one is uh has been quite controversial on this podcast already. Is Smurf Berry Crunch. Can you guess who that one goes to? Somebody short? I don't know. Brian Harmon, literally the smallest <laughs> human being I've ever met in person in my life. He really man, is. I'm telling you. When we saw you guys him at, at Kiz's event, I was like, man, this guy really is short. He's I mean, I, I know I know a lot of you have already heard this story before, but for those of you who haven't, we met Brian Harmon in November at Kevin Kisner's Foundation event. I'm literally talking to Zach Johnson, who is also not large. And Brian Harmon walks up and shakes my hand, and I my, my mouth dropped open. I could not believe how tiny that man is and zach johnson looks like a like a linebacker compared to brian Harmon in <laughs> in does. real life television doesn't show it but in real life brian Harmon is tiny in <laughs> fact did you hear the thing that rory said at the press conference on wednesday before the tournament of champions about brian Harmon? no i did not <laughs> they were asking him about the new rules his thoughts on the new rules and he's like and somebody asked him about dropping it from the knee, and he's like, I don't know. All I know is, is Brian Harmon's going to basically be able to place it. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming from Rory. He's like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, yeah, Brian Harmon is a tiny, tiny little boy. Smurf Berry Crunch. That's Brian Harmon. I love him. He's a dog, but you're, he's tiny. All right, who you got? Oh, God. I have several. Like, I was having fun with this. So... As I mentioned, Great Nuts was Justin Rose. (laughs) Which is stupid. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau is alphabets. (laughs) Because because you gotta gotta have a little bit of smarts to you with alphabets. You know, you're you're bringing out the the alphabet, you're trying to make some words with your cereal. Coefficient of restitution (laughs) is floating around in his milk bowl. (laughs) Bryson is alphabets. Uh, Ricky Fowler, Honey Smacks. I don't know why I just think about this, that frog smacking things in the commercial and whatever else, and just, I don't know. I like, what does that have to do with Ricky? I don't know. Um, <laughs> to me, your boy, 
Your boy Brooks Kepka is Mr. T cereal. Do you remember Mr. T cereal? No, not at all. I'm well, not I mean, you, I know you know Mr. T. Mr. T is still relevant. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, re- I remember him. I don't so know. he's just like this huge, you know, strong dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know who he is. <laughs> My favorite, though, well, Jason Day is life cereal. Just just life, you know, because <laughs> he's just got, like, he can, he can be sick. He's got all kinds of emotions going on. Jason Day should be Snifflios or yeah. something. So Jason Day is life. Uh, my favorite though, Xander Schauffele is Special K vanilla almond. An incredibly, <laughs> That's not where I thought you'd go. an incredibly underrated, fantastic cereal. My favorite cereal on the planet <laughs> is Special K vanilla almond, and that is Xander Schauffele. Because he's just probably one of the best golfers in the world that nobody ever wants to talk about. So there you go. Wow. So basically we've learned that your favorite two cereals are Special K and Grape Nuts. (laughs) Those are my two favorite cereals. (laughs) Your AARP card will be arriving in the mail shortly. Um, Look, I I would love for listeners out there that follow us on Twitter to let me know how they feel about Special K Vanilla Almond because it is the best cereal that you will ever have in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, and also, listeners, if you guys think of some other ones, tweet us. That would be really fun to, to see. You guys are way more creative than we are. Thanks uh, thanks to Dan for this question. And finally, I, th- I feel like this is kind of a letdown now. But this, this question is, if you were single and had to pick any male roommate in the world... Who would be your roommate and why? I'm going to let you go first. I struggle with this one. I have a couple, and I feel like my answer is kind of a a cop-out, but I don't care. Justin Timberlake. I I don't think that's a cop-out. I would would love for him to be my roommate. I think we'd have a great time. He's just such a cool dude and and just, I, I don't know, loves golf. For one, so we yep. play some golf. That and that factored into my decision as an well. An extremely talented and just seems like a just good all around dude, fun to hang out with. Probably, I feel like we wouldn't have a lot of arguments. Like that'd be that'd be key to me. Like, who is the guy I'm not going to have a whole lot of arguments, <laughs> yeah. not a whole lot of drama? To me, that would be JT. Also, from a from a low a little bit lower scale, but a guy we interviewed, Eric and- Anders Lang. I think he. Would oh be a yes, that's a really good one. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, a, a guy that you don't that, that you wouldn't argue with would be key because I mean, you assaulting Justin Timberlake for you know doing next to nothing because you're on Planet Tito's would not be a good look. In fact, the guy that I chose, if you were his roommate, got mad at him. He would end you because I chose Mark Wahlberg. I think Mark mm. Wahlberg. I, I love Mark Wahlberg. Like I don't think there's a better. I mean, he is there a more versatile male actor than Mark Wahlberg? He can be in the funniest movies and deliver comedy himself in his own way, like the other guys. Or he can be in Lone Survivor, Shooter, manly kind of movies and just sell it. Four Brothers, like he's, he's just amazing. He's he used to be Marky Mark in the Funky Bunch, so he's got some some musical abilities to him. 
He stays in incredible shape. The dude doesn't look any older than he looked 30 years ago. He loves golf. He's stylish as all get out. I mean, he likes burgers, you know? I just think Wahlberg is one of the coolest humans in the world. So I, I would just like to just get some of the vibes off of Wahlberg a little bit. Just, you know, we could go work out together. He could give me a few tips. We could go hit some golf balls together, you know. Um, we could, you know, we could do that. I, I think it'd be a good time. I think it'd be a really good time. So yeah, nice, good, okay. All right, well, that was an interesting show. That definitely uh, took a turn there at one point. So thanks to Dan Gutierrez for sending that in. Be sure and email us chunk and run idea questions to info at tourjunkies.com um, we'd really appreciate it we need them we need them every week we need them we'll be back next week for the desert classic formerly the career builder desert classic in la quinta california we'll be back don't forget the youtube page go and subscribe to the youtube channel uh, we would appreciate that and uh, be on the lookout for another fantastic chalk bomb wednesday night that's all i got thanks for downloading the tour junkies podcast may your screens be green for the sony open See ya!